Welcome to episode number 68 of the Four Animals for Earth show, ways that we may be promoting anti-blackness and sustainability without even knowing it, with Rakita Peterson. I want people to know that all of us are learning and all of us are intersectional at some point and needing to come in and learn something. That was Rikita sharing one of her nuggets of wisdom. She is a BIPOC health equity consultant, an author, and a therapist. She is all about inclusivity and bringing people together. From what I've learned from Rikita, I can tell that she is very passionate about not solving problems on the surface and not skirting past things that might be more difficult to talk about in order to just move through them. But she really likes to create a space where people feel they can openly share and they can listen and learn from each other and that that's how we actually move forward to solve problems. So I first met Rikita in Clubhouse and she was on the mic in one of the rooms I was moderating and she said, I welcome tough conversations because that's how we learn. And I was sitting there thinking, me too, me too. Like that puts words to a lot of what I hope to do and try to do here with the Four Animals for Earth show. I really want us to all feel like this is a safe, non-judgmental space where we can talk about these topics that are really hard and really polarizing and actually hear from different perspectives and learn while we're listening. So I hope that you feel that and I hope that you'll feel that in the room here today. So as I edited and I listened back to our conversation, I think one of the big themes that I picked up from Rakita is words. There's some words that you'll hear throughout the conversation. Resistance, dismissive, inclusive, perspective, awareness, struggle, autonomy. Those were some of the words that I picked out through the conversation. And the simple idea that Rikita shares with us at the end is to pay attention to our language and what we're putting out into the world with a specific focus on how it's being received by the person that we're talking to. Like, are they shrinking? Can we tell that they're feeling small? And are they losing their sense of autonomy? Rikita encourages us to share our perspectives in the world, but then to leave room for people to make their own decisions. There will be many parts of this conversation where you'll probably feel like you want to go reference what Rakita is talking about or you would like to do further reading on the topic. So I've gathered links all together in the show notes so that you can dive right in. Those are all over at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 68. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you that I created the simple DIY gift for the holidays. So if you're struggling still to come up with something to give someone you love, maybe this could be the answer. It's a 52 Simple Ideas Daily Challenge Jar. The jar is filled with 52 different ideas that we can draw out one per day and do something super, super simple to help people, animals, and the environment. And honestly, it helps 
ourselves as well. The jar is created so that at the end of it, we've created some new conscious lifestyle routines within our life that make it easier to just uh, wake up and live a little differently. I think you'll really enjoy it, whether you give it to a friend or a family member or you just keep it for yourself and you give yourself that new gift for the new year. So you can download it for free with all of the other freebies I've created over the years at 4animalsforearth.com slash free library. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. I really want to start with your story. Like, tell us a little bit about you and, you know, why you're doing the work that you do. So everyone out there listening might seem strange that I am a health consultant, health equity consultant, speaking about, you know, environmentalism and sustainability. But with it being under the umbrella of anti-Blackness, I feel like that's our common thread right there. And, um, I came into this space as a Black woman who gave birth three times, once in the pandemic, and having the health disparities and the potential to um, lose either my child or my own life and having it that high, as high as um, 2.8 times what my white counterpart or white friend would have to experience, I think that's so important to name. And so... I did all the things. I had a doula, you know, I made sure I was present with my doctor and everything, but I can only do so much on my end when it comes to being an actual patient. It's also about the provider checking their biases. And that's why I'm so happy to be here today because we are opening awareness for this. And I do just want to touch on the things that we talk about today. If you feel some resistance, that's okay. I think that's normal because it's a new conversation. Maybe you also want to do some research on your own, but just naming it is the first step. Once you're able to say, hmm, I don't know, I feel a certain way about this, that's all you have to say. And you can go back and research. No one's questioning you or asking you to completely overhaul what you've known your entire life. It's just an opportunity to open up the conversation. And finally, on that note, I do want to say, I feel like we should operate from a lens of yes and. That's what I tell my clients. That's what I tell myself. You know, yes, I see that the planet is not doing as well as it could. And I can be compassionate for all. That's really cool. Oh my gosh. So you just said so much. Uh, okay, let's start. <laughs> let's start at the yes and. You know, that's a concept. My daughter takes improv classes. And so that I just heard that concept for the first time last summer when I heard them doing that in improv class. And it's such a an applicable idea, isn't it? That you can really use in so many parts of life because it does really put you in that mindset of how do I now take this one step forward? How do I now, you know, accept this and then 
move forward instead of um, like, no, I can't come up with any ideas. So I love that. And I love how you, you put it into this context. And then, you know, you were talking about your experience, you just being a mother and having children. And it is really interesting to hear just how, um, you know, your experience was different than my experience going in with just like where our thoughts were in our, in our heads. And I think that even that awareness, it brings like a level of compassion and understanding even just this teeny little sliver of it, you know, but it's, it's really, it's really cool. And I think like you said, um, you were talking about just awareness and not necessarily feeling like you need to immediately solve the problem. And oh, you were talking about resistance. And I was thinking about how I think that's very applicable to all of the conversations that we have here on this show, because we tend to talk about things where they are pretty polarizing. And so I think it's common, even if something is said in the show that I'll, I'll find myself, even if something said that I agree with, there might be something said a little later that I'm like, mm, I don't, maybe, you know, but it's really a great opportunity to take it in and say, okay, like, what is it about that, that I don't agree with? And can I dig in and learn a little more? So I, I love, you said so much, and I just wanted to, to hit back on highlighting some of that. Uh, so when you and I met, one of the very first things you said to me was that you find that environmentalists are very often promoting anti-blackness and you know I I wondered what does she mean by that and so you know I asked you what what do you mean by that like what what is happening what are people doing in general that you feel like is promoting anti-blackness I think that's like an amazing starter question um I <laughs> Well, I already had my own personal ideas, but I like to back it up with facts, as you said earlier. What I found first was was like, oh my gosh, I need to put that on the show. Was it was like um, environmentalist groups? I don't want to name any major names. The majority of these groups are run by white males and cis hetero white males. Um, the amount of people of color that are actually in these spaces, they are always at the bottom tier. They cannot move up in the ranks. There's another problem there. And some of these um, companies, organizations, agencies, they didn't allow people of color to be in the conversation about how they could have better sustainability um, within their own areas and abroad, just globally. So I do want to name that. And so when it comes to anti-Blackness, and we'll get into this a bit more later, it's almost as if one, we might be a little hypocritical, saying that we want rights for all, but when someone steps to you and say, hey, I'm feeling unheard or unseen, you're dismissive. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to bring that into the conversation as we begin to dive in today. Yeah, that's, that is really interesting because I think that is another little um, nugget that we can all just kind of take and try, try to keep 
in mind is not being dismissive. Um, and, you know, I mean, I guess that's anytime anyone is sharing their feelings with us, um, <laughs> that'd probably go a long way in the world, period, right? Like if we could just all like actually acknowledge um, people's feelings and where they're coming from and um, not, I guess, dismiss them with our own lenses of, what they are they're coming forth with I mean I'm just thinking about how I could do better with my husband on that you know it's like on a totally different level <laughs> right. you know it's like I'll have certain lenses about where he's coming from when he he comes forward with stuff and I think there's probably a lot to just like yeah listening and not being dismissive and that's just such an easy little like kind of slogan to keep in your head you know and being inclusive as well you know, inviting people into the conversation, such as like this. Like, I think this is an important opportunity that you afforded not only me, but your listeners having these conversations. Even though it's tough, we are actually taking a step in the right direction. I agree. And in another like great thing, I'm already seeing like there's a couple of like words coming out, you know, that I'll be able to put into our show notes here that I feel like could be just little slogans to keep top of mind, but inclusive as well. Like, hey, like, are there more people I can invite to this conversation so that more people can bring in more perspectives? Because I, I mean, I'd be interested to hear if you see this, but at least through my experience in life, I would say nine times out of 10, bringing more people into the conversation came up with like a better outcome, even though it took longer to get to a decision. You know, there was a lot more debate. Sometimes it gets anxious in there, you know, when things get heated, but then in the end, you always end up with something better because so many different thoughts and backgrounds and perspectives came into it. Yes, yes. Because like you mentioned earlier, there are different lenses. So maybe someone saw something that you were not able to see. And vice versa, you may have seen something that the other person could not see at the time or the moment. So I like all of that. Just perspectives are everything. And I love thinking about it as they're just truly different lenses. So it's not like we need to um, necessarily beat ourselves up for not seeing something because we didn't have the realm to see that. It wasn't within our, our view. But if you hear it from others, then you can start to like open up to, to hear that idea, right? So, yeah. I think you named something really important is that when we talk about privilege, that is exactly what we're saying. No one's blaming you for having the privilege and being unaware, not having that lens because you were unaware. You didn't know that, oh, this is what it means to not have um, a functional body or promote ableism or anti-Blackness. But just coming here and learning and touching on things and just being more aware, that's the first step. I love that you shared that because I think it's just such a kind way to let people off the hook a little bit. You know, there is a <laughs> lot of stress. There's a lot of stress, a lot of fear around being anti-Black, you know, even when you don't feel like you are, there's a lot of fear that I'm going to say things, I'm going to do things that's going to hurt people. And, you know, I think that that it's really helpful to hear you say that. 
can I give an example as a black woman? Yes. I'll just put myself on the spot. Like, um, you know, there are so many terms out there. That's why I got into this space because I want people to know that all of us are learning and all of us are intersectional at some point and needing to come in and learn something. And so for me, it was the term Latinx because there are some spaces that don't like the term Latinx. There's also, you know, the use of Latina or just Latina and Latino. I always ask either my clients or whoever I'm speaking to with that identity, what would you prefer in this moment for me to use? And I think that's so important to name. I also do that with my my queer clients. I ask, is queer okay? Because historically that was a derogatory term. And most of the time I get, oh, yeah, um, it's fine with me. Actually, I prefer that. And then other times I do get, yeah, I prefer LGBTQIA. And so it's so important to just speak to the person that you're with and asking them, what would you prefer? Again, another easy thing that we can do when we are going into situations. And I was just picturing how doing that immediately puts um, both of you at ease and like opens it up into a warm space. Because when we go to meet somebody new, or even if we go into like a meeting with a whole bunch of different people, there's, there's anxiety there. And it's, it's, a different level for all of us. Like I have super high, like social anxiety, but you know, there's, and there's some people that appear they don't, but I know there's still, there's always a little bit of anxiousness when you're meeting somebody new, you know? And I think that, um, it's, that sounds like just such a great way to just kind of start off on a comfortable foot with people. Nobody got time for anxiety, Brandy. You know, we already have our social anxiety. (laughs) You know, that's another great thing, you know, that's another good point because it's like, we can't, we can't do our personal work in the world and we can't make the world a better place if we're held back by our anxiety. This is something I'm literally telling myself every day. You know, it's like, I'm so passionate about being a voice for animals and getting out there and helping. And it's like, if I let these different things hold me back I'm not going to push things forward, you know, and, and even like if, if, if we had held back from having this conversation, then this stuff isn't coming out and we don't all get to hear it and push ourselves forward through it. So yeah, another, another good nugget of wisdom, Rakita. (laughs) We're like 10 minutes in and there's so much good stuff. Okay. So, um, let's talk about, you know, anti-blackness and sustainability. Uh, we put together three different areas that we thought would be interesting to talk about. Hopefully you all enjoy hearing them as well. We're going to talk through population control, veganism and consumerism, and all from perspectives of what Rakita has experienced in her own life and what she thinks, uh, would be better. And those are just three areas, obviously of sustainability. I mean, there's so many facets to it and we can't talk about them all. So we just thought we would dabble in these three. So let's kick off with population control. This, this could be something that is, is not really taking into compassion, different people mm-hmm. and the diversity that exists in our world. So let me pass the mic to you. Like, what have you seen in the realm of population control that you, um, you know, maybe have been disappointed in, in, in ways that you think that it could be discussed better? Yes. 
So in my own personal space, I want to just say I've seen on blog posts and social media comments that are, to me, somewhat snarky, um, stating that, well, if we didn't have as many people on the planet or if people wouldn't just give birth to so many children and things of that nature, um, the planet will be better off. On top of that, we have eugenics and Margaret Sanger and things like that, where we were told that the only the best breed should survive. And that's really a strong word, I know, but that's just how it was back in the day. And we understand that we might not have those ideas present day, but the trauma of that still lingers. You know, it lingers within our body. It lingers within the policies that come up. And I do want to mention, this is why we talk about um, systemic racism. There are policies in place that make it difficult. And we could, that's a whole other topic for another day with what's going on present day with Roe versus Wade. But the thing is, some of the practices are here today. And so when it comes to only wanting the perfect person, ideally that was like a blonde haired, blue eyed individual and not someone that was of color, not a black person. So I do want to name that. And so when it comes to population control with my research now, switching gears a little bit, it was a book from Paul Enrich, and we can link that out as well in your notes, if you don't mind. He had a book that came out in the 60s um, from his travels to the global south, India and China. And he said that there was a, a lot of population control that could be possible and that could possibly decrease the pollution that was in those areas. Present day, the research says that the global south actually does not produce as much pollution as we do in a developed country. So I do want to name that. And before I get off my high horse, I do want to name that it appears anti-Black when we spit out some things that are not necessarily true. It might have been true for you, and I understand that as well. But the research is saying that actually, no, it is okay to have, I don't want to say, a lot of children because of present day, you know, college and things like that. But, that's, that's college. but it is okay for us to live the way we want to live. And I just want to name that too, living the way we want to live. You know, um, yeah, I, it's it's interesting because it's something that kind of makes me emotional because I can't imagine there ever being something bad or it being wrong to bring living beings into the world. You know, um, I get it if you take, you know, this like micros not microscopic what is it like telescopic look like way like you zoom way out and you just kind of turn something into like a an issue oh my gosh where are my words I feel like you could maybe say that if you're just looking at like data or facts but then it's like you take a look at like what are we as human beings like every single one of us is a unique soul that came into this earth for a reason. And every single one of us provides so much value to the world by being here. And so it's like, how can we say like, oh, there should just be, 
less souls in the world and that solves the problem. Like to me, I just don't see that. And then on top of that, you know, saying that one type of person or soul is better than another, it's like, yeah, obviously not true. Um, and, and hopefully, like you said, it's, it's a perspective that maybe someone had and for whatever reason, their world made them think that, but hopefully now as we're, you know, sharing more information, more information is passing around the world. We are actually understanding that every single one of us is so equally important and, and brings so much to the equation. And like, there's no way that one certain type is better than another, you know? Um, yeah. Gosh. Okay. So, um, <laughs> there was one other was thing. Beautiful. You... <laughs> Sorry. I like, it, you, you, you know, that. I get emotional and then my words can't come. Um, this is like a story of Brandy. <laughs> it's like trying to find <laughs> words are not easy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but another thing that you, you know, said right at the end is to, um, I don't remember your exact words, but it was basically like, let people have their own choices and let people live their lives the way that, that they choose to. And I just think there's so much to be said for that. I mean, you know, here in the U.S., it's like we've been built on freedom, right? Even though none, <laughs> we obviously have learned that that actually wasn't like playing out, but at least the mm -hmm. philosophy of it, the idea of it was that people should be able to make their own choices. And it's, I think, hard, of course, to balance in society. Where do you draw that line be between people being able to make their own choices and not? But it seems to me that we find things tend to thrive when people do have freedom to live their lives and make their own choices because we all really do bring something to the table. And if we can create spaces where we can all live our lives and make our choices, the ultimate result is so much better than a few people deciding this is what needs to be done to solve a problem and forcing everybody else to get in line and do what they have decided. And it's just been repeated in history over and over and over again, how that doesn't work. If I can add just a yes. little bit, I, I do want to say, I feel from my lens that um, my people were not able to have the freedoms that were afforded um, white individuals at that moment because of chateau slavery and things of that nature. And to bring it present day as well, we do have disabled individuals who still are not afforded the freedoms because we are not accommodating them in the workplace or even just in the spaces where they can go out to eat in restaurants. So we still have work to do with making sure we check our biases and look for everyone else. And this is just another way of just being more aware of what is out there. And like you said, you know, being aware, checking our biases. And then I think probably trying to speak up and being a voice anytime that we are in a situation where decisions are being made. Because I think, you know, to your point, it's like a lot of times they're just in, in history, I think maybe there hasn't been awareness or where there is awareness, people are scared to speak up about it. But if we can all 
um, I think continue to be more aware. And then when we do have the chance to influence, uh, it's kind of like you were saying earlier, like kind of push through the anxiety and be brave enough to um, brave enough to uh, speak up, right? And and try to to keep changing these things. Okay, so let's move on to talk about veganism because I think that uh, veganism is another topic where this choice <laughs> of being able to make our own individual choices gets tested a lot on an individual level. I think, you know, as we were talking about population control, my brain was thinking more about like organizations and government level, you know, directives. But with veganism, this is something that really on an individual level, we do a lot of influencing the people around us or hurting the people around us by what we say. So I'd love to hear your perspective on veganism. Yes. So for me, I think for a personal space, when I see posts on um, veganism and hear vegans speak out, it's a bit hypocritical because we're asking for the rights of animals and I mean, even maybe the planet's rights. Um, but what about the rights of our fellow humans? And what does that look like in the space? If I were to come to you and say, well, I felt unheard or unseen, as I mentioned earlier, and you are telling me, well, we can't talk about that in this group. We can't talk about race in this space. You're dismissing me and what I'm coming to you about. And so how are you saying that we are for all rights when you can't even notice my rights? And that's a big thing for a lot of Black vegans and a lot of Black people is that you're saying that you want rights for everyone, but you can't even acknowledge the rights of your fellow human, your fellow man and woman and non-binary individual. So there's that perspective. And I do just want to name sometimes, and we talked about this before, so I, I would love you to bring it back up, is that we can be on a high horse. And that's where a lot of the um, vegan veganism and the works that we have present day, it came from a place of I'm above, you're below because you are doing certain things that I wouldn't do. So I would just love for you to, you know, talk about that a little bit more because I got something from that as well. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I, I, um, I do think, I do think that um, in animal welfare, I guess I see it a lot, and maybe also in sustainability, um, we kind of decide, and I have to, and I guess maybe I'm saying this because I have to pay attention to this so closely within myself. You know, we make a decision around what we think is right. And, you know, for me, animals are what get me really passionate and, and, and angry and frustrated. And, you know, so that's where I can start to get judgmental. Um, but I also, I feel like that doesn't help anything because number one, if I start to get into this mindset that I somehow know better than somebody else, I start to put myself up here. Like you said, it's like, I'm up here and they just need to learn so that, you know, they'll, they'll come along and they'll understand and they'll change. And I feel like I have to be really careful to 
catch myself if I start to think that way or act that way, because I really don't think that's helping anything. Number one, I don't understand their perspective, their life, what they're going through. I mean, let's take it specifically to veganism. I don't know that a vegan diet works in their life. So for me to, to say, you know, what you're doing is wrong and you need to change, it, it doesn't it's not right. It doesn't make sense. And I don't have the perspective to be able to tell them that. And it kind of goes back to these things that we've seen in history that we can now look at and say, oh my gosh, that's like atrocious. Like how could people have ever thought that way? But they did. And if I fast forward it to me right now, well, like, am I doing the same thing? Am I saying like, this is my perspective and this is, you know, I think everybody should be vegan. And, and so I'm going to, you know, judge everybody who's not. And, um, I don't know if that really, <laughs> that really hits on what you were saying, but that is something that I, I, I do try, um, to recognize when I start to feel like I'm putting myself like in this position of like, I somehow know better. Mm -hmm. If I had this conversation with you randomly out on the street, I would love to come to your vegan Thanksgiving. Cause I felt more included, you know, so inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good point. It's a good point. And I do think a lot of people are starting to see that, that, you know, if you want to influence people to eat vegan food, then cook good vegan food for them and, and <laughs> introduce it to them and, you know, let them try it and, and see. Um, was there anything else on the veganism front that you wanted to hit on before we move on? Yes, really quickly, you brought it up about the farming. And I do want to just ask everyone to keep in mind that there are people who still exploit farmers, especially farmers of color, for their, their agriculture, their goods, and their services that they do provide. And so when we are sitting up there on a somewhat of a proverbial high horse, we do need to keep in mind that everybody has some type of struggle in this world. And we are all trying our very best. And yes, that's just what I want to bring up because it really is near and dear to my heart. And I know it is for you as well with your family and the farmlands that you guys have in, out in Indiana. Wow. Did not know it was Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana. I love Indiana. That's where my heart, my home is. Um, but yeah, um, you're right. I think everyone is is having their struggles. Like everyone, everywhere, there is something. And uh, I really do want to link to a couple of resources in the show notes for people who want to read more about um, the inequity in farmers, because that's, I think it's, it's a world that most of us don't ever really cross into, you know, farming. Um, and it is a big, big, complicated world. <laughs> so um, we'll link to a couple of articles in the show notes about that too. Um, so let's let's dive into consumerism. This was the third topic that we laid out to talk today, talk about today. Um, consumerism is another thing that you really do see a lot of people online promoting how to do it differently, myself included. You know, I think there can also be. Um, I would, I'd be interested to, to hear if you feel this, but I feel like there's almost like a growing level of pressure to consume differently. So the more we 
understand about the way that things that we use are made, <laughs> the more we feel the pressure to do things differently. But it's still um, a very messed up, very complicated situation. So I would love to hear just your perspective on consumerism, you know, from an anti-Blackness lens, and if there's things that we could be doing um, to talk about that better. Yes. Um, Dr. Robert Bullard has a really good quote where he's saying, and this is loosely quoted, um, the richest individuals have the highest carbon footprint or the biggest carbon footprint. And so I do want to put that out there because as individuals of color, Black women are paid 62 cents to the white man's dollar and Latinx um, individuals, especially Latinx identified women, they are paid 53 cents to the white man's dollar. So even less than what we have in my world. With that being said, we cannot afford the newer models, the newer things. And we do tend to buy used. Me, myself, I've never owned a very brand new car. I've always bought used. Um, we do thrift. And I know that's a big thing now. It's like the trend that started. But I think for so long, we've always just had either hand-me-downs or thrifted. And we are unable to, I wouldn't say buy to waste, but we try to, te we tend to reuse most of everything that we do purchase. And so I think that's important to name when we go out there and we have this perspective that everyone is out there consuming, it's important to know who you are talking to and who are you trying to lecture on things. I think that's the biggest thing that I do want to touch on. It's that, you know, coming from a place of, I know better than you, and this is how you can recycle. I think we've been doing that for quite a while because we had to, we had no choice. <laughs> you know, I love that you use the word lecture. Because, you know, you said when you need to go out and you need to lecture somebody on something, <laughs> I think, I think that's like such a good way to catch ourselves, right? It's like, like I was, we were talking about the high horse, right? But it's like, yeah, like, when you feel like you need to go out there and you need to lecture people about something, that's probably a red flag <laughs> to take a step back and say, wait a minute, you know, like, do I really need to go lecture people about this? And what's the right approach? <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I, you know, so true. And I think um, there is so much to be learned from frugal living as well. I mean, I, you know, as I, you know, day after day, month after month, I continue to research these different topics and get deeper into them as my show takes me into them or my life takes me into them. And I am finding more and more that a frugal way of life seems to be pretty well connected with sustainability. And it's interesting that the statistic you brought up right at the beginning there about the carbon footprint, it's like so much of sustainability is talked about in that world of the big carbon footprint, you know, cut down my consumerism, cut down my consumption. And absolutely, absolutely. For any of us that are, have room to move, definitely, you know, please like work on cutting down consumption and consumerism. It, it definitely helps, but it doesn't apply to everyone. Right. And I think there is, 
there's so much information out in the world now and a growing amount of things that we can learn to be able to take um, into our own power to keep things in circulation, whether it be through thrifting or swapping or mending or upcycling or just taking care of our clothes better by not washing them so much. And that's just clothing. Yes, yes. So I want to have you leave us with one simple idea of, you know, this is something we do here on this show. We try to bring everything around to one simple thing that everyone who's listening and watching and you and I can walk away with and try in our lives uh, that will ultimately make a difference for people, animals, and the environment. So what do you have top of mind? Top of mind for me is language. It's so important that we are aware of what we're putting out there into the atmosphere, what we're speaking out, if people believe in divine energy. And language is so important. One, because we are trying to maintain autonomy. As we're trying to tell someone what we know, what we've learned, about um, sustainability in the environment, it's so important to not allow that person to feel small or to have them shrink. And so it's so important to keep and maintain autonomy as well as maintain dignity because we are all humans and we are all, like you said, beautiful souls. And so what makes one soul more beautiful than another, you know? And so that is so important. I'm so glad you named that. So when it comes to things that could be, if we could sum up this podcast, this amazing episode, you know, I'm on it. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would say just keep aware, be aware of the language that you are putting out there. I, yeah, I was just thinking that as you were saying that, that it really does put a good summary to everything that we were saying, you know, be aware. And you mentioned making sure that the other person's not shrinking. And I think that is also something that we can really be aware of. If we get out of our own head and our own agenda and our own strong, passionate feeling of what we need to share and actually like observe and listen to mm -hmm. how that energy is being received by them. I think yeah, gosh, it could just go such a long way. Great, yes. Is there, I, I want to get into how people can connect with you, but within this conversation, is there anything else that you would like to add? I think we touched on a lot. I really enjoyed our conversation. So thank you for that. Me too, me too. I'm, I just feel very, um, blessed and fortunate, honestly, to have met you and to be able to sit and talk about this with you and with everybody getting the chance to listen and watch as well. So I think that is really, really awesome. Let me take a quick drink of water. You can tell I'm losing my voice. Okay. How does everybody get a hold of you? So I know like you do a few different amazing things in this world. You work as a therapist. You obviously go into organizations and you consult and you're an author with a book called Worthy, a mindset companion for women of color entrepreneurs. So tell us a bit about the things you do and what the best way is for people to get in touch with you. 
Yes. So I know the book is geared towards women of color. I think that was so important to name because women of color are only receiving 0.2% of the venture capital funds that we have out in the world. Um, I think that was important to name because we often find ourselves having to have side hustles or do things in order to get the money. And when I say do things, I was like, wow, that didn't sound right. You know what I mean. We're doing as much as we can to get this money in order to fund our businesses. (laughs) And so I created a mindset companion because I know how hard it is. I I struggled myself with creating my private practice for therapy and like, oh, I can't afford this. I'm still using, I know we're talking about consumerism. I'm using a refurbished laptop from 2015 and I would like to upgrade so that I can have the things that I need in order to serve my clients. But those are just the things that I can't have right now until I'm able to get my funds up. So I do want to name that. And so the Mindset Companion is all about how it is difficult at times, but you will get there and things will happen. You just stay the course. And how others can reach me. If you're an organization, if you belong to an organization that would like to have me speak, you can visit RSP, that's my initials, consultingllc.com and you can find all the information there and if you want to follow me and all the amazing things that I might or might not say I'm at Arise Counseling on Instagram. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh I love the the book The Companion. I just feel like um, you know I am not a woman of color but I can just feel like how much value it would provide to even me um, you know I think that a mindset companion is just amazing so anyway um, where exactly do people find that is that on your website yes that is on my website if you were to go to my Instagram at arise counseling a-r-i-s-e you, there's a, like a little link and it will take you directly to where you can get the book. And even if you are a white person listening or watching, I know, you know, someone of color, you should and gift them the book. <laughs> you should. Hopefully. I hope so. Yes. Hopefully. Please do. After this episode, go out and make a friend. Have tea. <laughs> Yes. What a friend of color. Yes. Yes. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, thank you so, so much. Um, I have just loved having you here. I love the conversation. Thanks to everybody who is watching and listening and we will be back soon with the next episode. Yes, thank you so much for hanging out and listening through the whole episode. Please reach out to Rikita if you are interested in connecting with her and go over and grab a copy of her book. If you want to read more and dig in, I mentioned I have lots of links in the show notes. You'll find that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash 68. A reminder that the 52 Simple Ideas Daily Challenge Jar is waiting there for you as a free download. If you're interested in giving that to yourself or to a friend, you can get that at fouranimalsforearth.com slash free library. If you're new around here, please hit subscribe or follow. And if you're new or if you've been around here forever and you haven't yet left a rating and a review, please consider doing so. That gives me a little holiday gift and I would be oh so thankful for that. Uh, I shared an update last week in episode 67 
happen. So please go back and listen to that. But I'm going to be taking some time off to focus on school and the sustainable fashion course that I'm developing for all of you. So you can get more details by going back and listening to episode 67. Uh, While I'm gone, go back and listen to some old episodes. You could start out with number 15. That was the most popular episode that I've ever had on this show. It was all about ethically sourcing crystals. So if that sounds even remotely interesting to you, I think you'll enjoy it. Like I said, it's the most popular episode we've ever had. So that's episode 15. So yes, hang out, explore, reach out to me at any point during this little break that I'm taking. You can find me on Instagram at 4animals4earth. Just DM me there. Or you can email me at hello at 4animals4earth.com. Happy holidays. I hope you have an amazing uh, time over these next few weeks that I'm gone as well. I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you.